0: Does that mean that you've also started translating your games, um, you know, so that you target some of these other demographics or some of these other countries outside the U.S. and North America?
1: We, we are fortunate. The, the answer is yes and no. So we always think about localizing and we, we do try to localize wherever possible, but we're also beneficiaries of the fact that the de facto language that everybody learns as a second language is English. And so we have much broader and deeper penetration than any other language can achieve without localization. And thus far, that has been a healthy and sustainable enough business that it's a debate whether to localize. um, On every project, it's a debate whether to localize or not and whether the cost, whether the, the rewards are there for the cost. And I truly believe, you know, if that were my decision, which it sometimes is and sometimes isn't. I try to localize whenever possible because I truly believe that we live in a global universe or a global world, and we have to think globally in terms of mass penetration and not just as as we've been as the gaming industry has done for so long. You know, see the gaming world as Japan, North America, and Western Europe.
0: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the untethered experience. Does that mean that you're going to be You know, you just see Facebook as just one of the distribution mechanisms. Are you going to be then taking, say, the experience of Dungeons & Dragons and just spreading it across all the different types of platforms that are available for players?
1: Um, Were that my decision, I would say absolutely. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, that's the decision of the publisher. And um, I believe they see the vision. It's just a matter of of wanting to bite off on it. So I am very excited to do exactly that. I, I, do, I do believe that the more platforms you put something on, the more, the more, again, just like languages, the more penetration it can have, but I also believe that some games are wrong for certain platforms, and so they shouldn't be, or some business models, maybe is a better way of saying it, so they shouldn't be put there. Like right now, the, the PlayStation, and, well, the console world, the PlayStation Xbox console world is not conducive to a free-to-play model. So I wouldn't put a free to play game there because you'll never you'll you'll never justify the expense. But spreading it to as many people on as many platforms is absolutely a dream of mine.
0: Yeah. Um I mean and, and we're kind of seeing that with kind of these indie companies like Crime City um or Funzy or whatever, where they've got a game on Facebook and then they've got games on iPhone or iPad, stuff like that. Do you see that then that that's gonna be the future?
1: Absolutely. Okay. I, I don't think you'll get away with not doing it in the next, after like, you know, the next five years. Really, I think okay. it's totally awesome. Like, why wouldn't you take your game with you if you could? Right. I mean, I, I, always, remember, yeah. I always remember when I was a kid, like I, I had an Intellivision, right? And I, when I had to go to grandma's house or wherever, I would take my game manual with me. I must have read those game manuals like 500 times. And it was all because I wanted to extend my gaming experience, and I couldn't because my parents wouldn't let me take my television with me.
0: So, well, well, I was going to ask, how do you reconcile that with kind of what you see on Facebook, where you know Farmville was on Facebook, they moved it onto iPhone. Now it did all right on iPhone for sure, but it wasn't the number one. You know, there were other MMOs that actually did much better that were just i specific. To iPhone, is is oh. it maybe just because they didn't really? use the game design space of mobile properly? Or was it just Um, something else entirely where people just want a different experience on different platforms?
1: No, I I actually kind of don't think it's neat either. I I think, I think the real issue there is that (laughs) when you have people who are deeply invested in a platform, unless you are providing an experience which can feed back into the original experience, they're not going to invest in a new platform. If I recall correctly, almost all of those initiatives on in the form of Zynga, because uh, I I played the Zynga iPhone Mafia Wars, they were two separate games. Okay. You, if you played if you played Mafia Wars, on Facebook, it didn't translate to the iPhone game, and if you played Mafia Wars iPhone, it didn't translate to your PC game, and so or your Facebook game. So. What I came across, and what I have I have heard from all my friends who came across it, is, yeah, I don't play. They would pick a platform, and they would play only that platform, because the idea of playing two games didn't make any sense of them, sense to them, given that they had to be so deeply invested.
0: So for you, you would actually, if if you could move your your gamer profile across the different platforms, where if you if, played on iPhone, it fed into your Facebook, and vice versa. It has
1: would, to be that way. I wouldn't do it any other way.
0: And if that, if, if they did it that way, would you have then played on both platforms more?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely because there i i, I liked the uh, Facebook version of Mafia Wars better yeah and but I played hours wise the iPhone version of Mafia Wars more because oh. it was where I was when I wanted to play it more you
0: know there's this concept of complementary play where one platform is where you you know have a certain gameplay style and then another platform is you know which is kind of has different opportunities is another gameplay style that feeds into the you know so their complementary play. Uh, right. Do you feel that that would have been better, or do you feel that you just literally need that same game experience or similar game experience uh, with this you know with the same gamer profile on both say the PC and mobile? Or should I it,
1: think it, I think it would have been fine with complementary play if there was some way for that complementary play to feed back into the original the play. System. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like for example, a great example of. Something that blows my mind that World of Warcraft still doesn't do, right? So in World of Warcraft, you familiar with the game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in World of Warcraft, there's all this crafting, you know, there's all these, these things you can do that aren't questing. And they're time sinks, you know, making recipes, making potions, making items. I'm like, I'm blown away still that there isn't an iPhone crafting app that, you know, taps into my, taps into my account, shows me my inventory of craftable uh, of recipes and, and what I own and allows me to craft while I'm away. I mean, it's a no brainer for me. Like I probably would have played Warcraft more if I'd been able to do that. But when I had to craft, when I was sitting at my computer, when I wanted to quest, what that did was it created a negative feedback on me. It's like, Oh, I want a quest, but before I quest, I have to make my potions so I don't die. You know, so it became this like, not only am I paying this monthly fee, (laughs) I'm paying this time fee, you know, to be able to play your game. And that time fee could have been seen as a bonus had I been able to do it somewhere where I couldn't have played the real game.
0: Well, do you feel that it would have been better for World of Warcraft to just be able to allow you to play that, that game experience just on the iPhone, the, the pure thing, not just crafting only. Just, I mean, what would you prefer, just a crafting app for the iPhone or something where you could actually access your account via the iPhone?
1: No, that's what I'm talking about. Well, accessing my account, I just don't think that the amount... Okay, so now we get into a whole separate issue, which is information distillation. Yeah, there There is no way that I would have wanted to play my full World of Warcraft gaming experience on the resolution of my iPhone 3GS. Okay. I mean in order in order to have all my powers, all all my group, um, all the mini map, like by the time you got everything that you needed on screen, nothing would be big enough for you to tap it. You know, yeah, it, that's true. It, so so you, you get this problem of I mean, and I've actually seen I've seen World of Warcraft playing through on live uh, on an iPad, and that's awesome, and that I would want. But on an iPhone or something of that resolution, I would want a, a complimentary app that was designed for the resolution.
0: Well, let's okay. Let's say you have an iPad. You know, you can pretty much take an iPad, iPad a, a lot of places. Sure. Um, and there was a full version of World of Warcraft, and then there was this crafting crafting app. Which one would you prefer?
1: Oh full full. Okay. But so so then at, there point. doesn't
0: need to be a crafting app provided they actually provide a full version that works in terms of the experience, you know. Sure. You can actually Okay.
1: Yeah, it becomes an interface issue at that point. Yeah. Because if if I can get my interface such that I feel like I can have a a similar experience and or an uh, an authentically reproduced experience to the original PC version, then I'm all in, right? I, I that's what I want. I want to take it with me. I want it to come. Um but if if you if you have a game that's too complex for a small screen, then a complimentary app is the next best thing.
0: Well, so then for indie companies that have just started purely on mobile, you know, like I don't know if you've heard of the game Zombie Farm and some of these other indie game companies that have done really well on iPhone. Yeah, yeah. That, um, should they then make a Facebook version or just forget about it, focus on mobile, because that's something that people can take along with them all the time?
1: Huh. That's a... That's a really good question. And and unfortunately. I mean, is
0: that going backwards or is that is that just part of not No, I don't, no, I
1: don't think it's going backwards. I think what it is is it's going we, we now have to stop talking about gaming and we have to start talking about sales and marketing. Because what the what Facebook provides that isn't provided by an iPhone is you can create mechanics in your game. That help your game be discovered by other people. You know, the yeah. most onerous of them are posting on your wall, inviting your friends. Um, but you also get the benefit of Facebook ads, which are incredibly effective. So you can target, and you can draw people to your game with Facebook ads. You know, you might think you might look at those things and say, "Why would I ever click on those?" But people do. And it's so it's a whole different mindset, right? Uh, What I would say to what I would say to mobile gamers, I would say stick with mobile, but not for the reasons you think. I say stick with mobile because I do feel mobile is the future. And I do feel that honing their skill set is better than spreading it. But if you have the, for example, as, as I do in the case of Heroes of Neverwinter and the upcoming games, if you have the backing of a publisher, the amount of penetration you can get on a Facebook game and the speed at which you can get it there does not, you cannot even compare iPhones. Like, you can't look at the Angry Birds, right? You can't, you can't see those. Those are the outliers, you have to look at the main body of apps that are built for mobile. Yeah. Like you can't look at you know uh, Zombieville two or 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 even you know uh, plants versus zombies. Those are the super high-end successes. Yes, there is a possibility you could get there. But you have to look at what the meat and potatoes of the app store does. And the meat and the potatoes of the app store, doesn't achieve that high end success. It doesn't and it doesn't achieve it very quickly. It takes it takes a buildup. Whereas when I launch something on Facebook, if I have the marketing budget behind it, I can be at half a million people in a month. You know, and that's and that's profound.
0: Yeah. Well the cost though now is going up for for doing that, you know, to the point where it may not even be profitable. I mean obviously for certain brands and certain companies it can still be profitable but it's it's getting more challenging now and whereas versus mobile where even Android you know it's still kind of an an emerging platform and there's still opportunities there so um, that's
1: why I don't that's why I don't urge them to jump onto Facebook because you know Facebook Facebook is a platform it's a platform that sits on top of a platform but it's a platform they should consider it the way they consider any platform like if you can, consi- if you're a mobile guy, looking at going onto Facebook should be no different in terms of the way you approach it than looking as to whether to be on Xbox Live.
0: Okay, except except that the audience is much bigger on Facebook, right? And the oh, business model is more maybe friendly or mobile friendly on Facebook versus Xbox Live. I, I don't know about the business. Right,
1: model. Right, right. Okay. But but your approach, your fundamental analysis, the, the 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 steps you take to decide whether that's what you want to do should be the same like you shouldn't think of it as like Oh Facebook's just a piece of software no it's like a console you know
0: and you know you mentioned a publisher but nowadays you see all these kind of indie companies which aren't kinda they're actually using their own IP to build up their whole studio and you know they're doing really really well like zombie farm like um, some of these other like crime city stuff like that so do you feel then for developers you mentioned having a publisher have you thought about actually developing your own ip
1: not only have we thought about it we are doing it okay but we we have come we have come from a from a a place and this again you know this now we're just fully into business mode but where we grew up we grew up in a place where we always worked with publishers to deliver games and that was a very good business for us and we didn't feel the need to abandon that business entirely in order to build our own ip So we continue that business as we begin to move towards becoming our own publisher, building our own IP. And what I feel that that affords us is uh, a degree of safety that but that perhaps the people who took a flying leap, you know, and funded it themselves didn't have. Yeah. Uh, Because for every, for every farm, for every zombie farm, there's about a hundred, you know, zombie mines that failed and you never heard of.
0: Well, but to be fair, though, the thing about Zombie Farm is uh, they, they gave a talk. One of the guys gave a talk at uh, Casual Connect uh, in Seattle uh, just this past summer. And what's interesting is that, you know, like you said, it's kind of like a whale. They just kept on updating it. They kept on improving their game
1: That's to right. the
0: point where they, you know, it's like a plant and they were able to improve it to the point where it became this attractive, you know, yeah. animal. And so... But when you're working with a publisher and other things, that's kind of taking away time from actually kind of forcing you to find a way to for it to succeed.
1: Well, it depends on it depends on if you have to spend like our publisher does a really good job of of keeping hands off and and letting us work on it that way. So I, I feel like we get the best of both worlds. I feel like we have this this wonderful safety net and at the same time we're developing as if this was our own title.
0: And can you talk about any of the upcoming IP that you're going to release? <laughs> uh, well, if you want to promote it, this is your chance. Of, of-
1: <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. So the one that we have announced, uh, we have an intellectual property called Battle Realms, which is a real-time strategy game we did back in 2000. Okay. And uh, still today, even though we haven't supported it, still today has an avid following uh you know, in various countries around the world. We've decided that we're going to do a mobile version. Awesome. Um, We've also, we're also in the works to put Battle Realms out again officially on good old games. Yeah. So people who can't find it will be able to find it again. Um, And we're also, uh, let's see, what else can I talk about in terms of, I think that's where we want to leave it for today. I mean, sure. those those are the big important ones. You know that we own this. We, we bought back Battle Realms after after our, you know after its launch, and we really want to see Battle Realms become, uh, this this really great, real time strategy experience. And and we're also going to do a card game based around it, which is going to be kind of a, a really novel card game real time strategy. So we're hoping that, um, as simply as I could put it, did you ever play Storm on Facebook?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah.
1: So, great game. We were all incredible fans of the of the property, and um, when Warstorm was shut down, yeah, we, there was a huge outcry, right? Because because unlike other Zynga games, or unlike other casual games, the players who were playing were more hardcore. Yeah. And there is a sense of ownership. These are virtual cards. I bought them. They're mine. You know. So there was this this sense of ownership, and. We felt, I mean, just as much as anybody else, completely disenfranchised by that. And we said, okay, that's bullshit. I want to see... Sorry, I probably couldn't have said that in your podcast. Sure. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. um, we we want to we make sure to do... We want to do something like that. We want to take Battle Realms, the real-time strategy game, and build a game that the Warstorm fan can really get into like and and get into beyond where we they had it with Warstorm where we're providing these cool cards that are unlocking quests and so you're getting quest cards and you're getting item cards and all of them are adding like we have these hero cards that you can equip and we have we have you know kind of army units that you can train and make them bigger and so there's there's this really cool mechanic that I don't I personally have never seen before in a card game because I think the mistake that a lot of card games make especially card games that are digital is that they don't take advantage of the fact they're digital to evolve. You know, they act like they're static cards just like a printed card. And so, you know, there, they, there's this great opportunity of having cards level up, having cards respec, having cards gear, gear up, you know, having cards become different cards. Like, one of the great ideas we had was like, you know, you can buy, like, you can either buy or get at the end of a quest like a dragon egg. And okay you know, a dragon egg, you have to sacrifice 20 fireball spells to it to hatch it. And when you sacrifice those 20 fireball spells, you you hatch the egg and it becomes a dragon whelp, you know, and then that dragon whelp has different things like it has to do some things, but it also like you can sacrifice uh, 10 fodder units to it to turn it into a dragon hatchling, you know, or sorry, I got those back backwards. Dragon hatchling becomes a dragon whelp. And then, you know, oh, it takes ten Fire Mages to turn the Dragon uh, Whelp into a Dragon Youngling. You know, and so you have this great card that you, we're, we're giving you reasons to take your... You know, one of the problems that I always had with these games like Warstorm is you le- you're left with a bunch of junk cards as a result of playing, right? Cards you never play with and they just sit in your inventory. And so we said, how can we take those cards that are have become virtually valueless to the higher level player and find a value for them? And so you're going to be able to sacrifice these cards. You're going to be able to trade these cards in to improve cards and move them along their story arc. And so you have this great like growth path with your with your cards that is really, really awesome. And so, yeah, I, 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 I'm talking too much about this. I, I, yeah. I'm super
0: excited by it. You can tell. Yeah, that's no, exciting. Oh. The- the other thing is with Battle Rums. Was that I, I haven't played it, but is that multiplayer or is that single player?
1: It was multiplayer.
0: And yes. are you going to well? So one of my questions was: Is how are you going to modify the design a bit more so that it works well with the mobile experience, or are you going to modify anything related to it? Um, Aside from the card stuff that you talked about.
1: Yeah, we 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 are going to have to modify it because you know if you don't.
0: So. Yeah, because I mean, because you're talking about real time. Will will it be synchronous play? Then will people have to be playing against each other at the same time, or are you going to have an asynchronous mechanic?
1: Yeah, with with the actual real time strategy version of the game, we are we are shooting to do that. We we're shooting to have a synchronous play, but I think the the thing that everybody should expect is a much slower rate of play. Okay. You know, or, like or
0: or actually, maybe it needs to be quicker. I think one thing I was I was actually have you heard of the High Noon game on iPhone? I haven't okay high noon is a game where you're actually dueling some other person i guess it's it's real-time play it's like a real-time synchronous play you're you're dueling someone at the same time with their own iphone and you're kind of like it's like a shootout okay. western shootout what's really interesting about that is um it's it's actually oh, so it's one of the top grossing games which was interesting because it's more hardcore but the other thing is that the experience is like you're doing that real-time play in a limited short time you're you know, it's not saying that you're going to have an hour to play this. You have like a few minutes or, you know, a minute or something else to do this duel. Right. And so, you know, they've modified these kind of multiplayer synchronous interactions, which haven't really worked on Facebook um, or some of these other kind of mobile or untethered devices. Right. And they've just narrowed it so that it's like a one minute or two minute or three minute synchronous experience, which is accessible and available for these players. So I wasn't sure if that's something you were also looking into.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it. When I say it's going to be slower, what I mean is that the troop movements are going to be more forgiving of a tap and tap and stretch um, movement scheme. Gotcha. But what I when in terms of time slicing the whole thing, it's going to be time sliced much quicker. So okay. you're absolutely right. It's going to be, um, it the, the matches are going to be ten minutes. Fifteen minutes.
0: Isn't that still pretty long for the mobile space? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, it is. And and I mean, the-
0: that seems like that would be perfect for iPad. I just wasn't sure about mobile or yeah, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think I think it, it's stretching how far in people want to go, but I do I believe that as we push towards having more mid core people playing on these things, yeah. like our our data shows that people will play you know, half hour at a time on, on an iPhone, Okay. you know, and um, what I want to do is make sure that they can play multiple matches in that half hour. So that's why we're saying 10 to 15 minutes. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it, if yeah. when we get it, that's the beauty of this kind of process is we get the prototype up and running and we all get to play it here and say, eh, it's taking too long. Let's speed up the mechanic. Let's speed up the economy. You know that's taking too long. Let's uh, let's reduce the number of units you build before you fight. You know stuff like that.
0: And um, do you have a specific release date when it'll be out?
1: No. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I was getting excited, so I was just like, "Wow!" Sorry. Are you going to target um, iPhone? Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. The only the what I was going to jump in and say is the only reason we're doing that is because we're trying very very hard to be Blizzard about it. You know, and to be is that isn't that
0: dangerous in this space? Honestly, to be. Because the thing no. about Blizzard is spending five years on a game. I'm, I'm, you know, like, let's just say that you're in 2007 or 2008, sure. and you're like, I'm going to spend five years on a Facebook game.
1: Sure, but I'm not, no, that, the, but the time scale is completely different. Okay. So when I say I don't have a timeline, line, I mean it'll happen sometime in 2012.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: And that's the most it's going to take.
0: And are you going to target Android too, or are you going to first focus on iPhone?
1: We are going to first focus on iPhone, but we are going to put it on Android as soon as possible after launch
0: gotcha and um you know uh so we're pretty much nearing the end of the interview uh is there are there any i guess things that you like say maybe top three things that you could share uh, that you've learned that have helped you just run your studio more effectively that you could share with other indie game designers and developers
1: wow um specifically in terms of social and mobile
0: sure in terms of that or even just um how you can Handle and work within the industry, you know, you your your company has been there for a while You right. know, it isn't just like you've survived one one shift or you know, just one platform You've right. just consistently evolved and that alone. I mean a lot of people don't realize that they They get a success on one platform and they don't recognize that, you know The game industry is constantly changing as you said at, at the beginning of the interview, you know we're, we're in a still an early stage of the gaming industry That's right. and there's just so many things that are changing and right. you know, just even the habit of just keeping up on all this change is is probably a critical concept. Most game designers, traditional game designers, may not understand.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say that that's at least one of the three points. Is is don't assume your business is solid state. You know, don't assume your business is locked. And what you're going to do is just replicate this stuff. You know, um, I would say probably the the second most important thing that I, I've, I've discovered is try not to reinvent the wheel every single time. Okay. You know, we, we as artists have have this nasty desire to throw out what came yesterday and, and begin anew. Um, and the, the strongest businesses in this world, not just in the game as business, figure out how to build upon their previous success. Even if it's on a different platform, even if it's on a different um, medium, they try to build upon the learning and and or the tech that they have created. Okay. Um, and I would say number three, uh, don't lose sight. Oh boy, this is gonna this is gonna sound horribly mathematical. Sure. But don't lose don't lose sight of the business. As as a software game maker, you are. You are a virus. You are viral. You are a thing that plays on a host. And so try to be on the host that is the most pro, that is the most widespread in the world. Because that's going to increase your chance of success. You know, if you were building Betamax tapes right now, you would have a very niche group or laser disks. We we build wetware, you know, we build, we build stuff that's modifiable in a day, very flexible, very ambiguous, very, can be very modular. Um, and so look at the business from a, where is your gamer perspective as opposed to, I'm going to, I'm going to build this and they will come because that happened but that's the minority of cases that it happens for you know it's not the majority
0: okay and uh for the listeners out there where can they check out some of your games
1: uh let's see good place to start is www.goliquid.us it shows all of the stuff we got going um facebook has deadline hollywood and heroes of neverwinter up and running for people who want to check those out um there's soon to be an announcement about a new game that's coming out in the beginning of next year, um, and let's see what else can I talk about. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't really. Am I missing something, Louis? Well, I think uh, we might want to send uh, uh, actions some uh, URLs for you know for the Twitter account or things like that. But I think you covered all bases. All right.
0: And so you said goliquid.us. Correct. G-O-L-I-Q-U-I-D dot U.S. Correct. Just want to be clear for the audience out there. Great. You Uh, you know, thanks again for the great interview. All right. Yep. Take care. Bye.
1: Okay. Bye-bye.